0: Hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. And I'm Dave Cohen. You certainly are. This is episode 179. And today we are going to eventually talk about turning your outline of your sitcom into a script. So that's all to come. We're also going to talk about uh, a meeting that Dave went to on Zoom about uh, what uh, with comedy commissioning editors. But first, Dave, let's just mention again our competition with with Hattrick. What are the general... Uh, headlines of that before we sort of slightly apologize that the exact terms and conditions are not quite yet up but they will be by the time the competition opens
1: yeah with uh, brilliant comic timing uh, we have arranged this uh, competition at exactly the same time that the british comedy guide have completely revamped their uh, website and um the uh, upshot of that is it's been um, all the things that we were hoping to get onto the uh, the, the BCG site, including the terms and conditions for the competition, um, they've been held up. And we were also hoping to run some regular uh, blog posts. Um, some of the things we've talked, well, a lot of things we've talked about before, obviously, but, but also just making them uh, specific and relevant to the competition. That's hopefully back on track now um, and yeah. there should be several blogs running pretty much and and the terms and conditions sometime very soon and through all the way through to the uh
0: deadline the closing yeah. deadline of the the 5th of uh, Jan but also if you're looking for sitcom advice then may I recommend episodes 1 to 178 <laughs> of the sitcom geeks podcast I mean, it's unlikely we're going to say anything in a blog that we haven't said in one of those podcasts. But who knows? You know, who knows?
1: Yeah. But uh, there are very clear. I mean, if you go to the uh, sitcom geeks, the the, um, British Comedy Guide sitcom geeks podcast site, uh, it's pretty clear from the numbers that, you you know, you'll see uh, where we're talking about specific things like character or story or dialogue. Or we'll say, you know, although it'll be a general thing, you know, how how do you how do you make those first 10 minutes really stand out um i mean so we, we should we should be more proactive here and say so you want uh, for that you want episode 96 uh, oh and that one is episode 82 um but um we've been uh, we both of us been a bit busy uh snowed under this week so we're running a little bit late on things like that but um the uh, when does the, the competition like, open that's the kind of thing and when does it close you can start sending scripts to us from from the 1st of December um so but that that'll be in the BCG terms and conditions um so apologies that yeah. that's not quite there yet one other point that we should mention is that the BBC writers room uh, have opened their window for comedy drama uh, which is which is fantastically helpful uh, for us and for this competition um, as we'll we'll talk about in some uh, detail when we talk about what the commissioners said um, that um, you know a comedy drama script, is different from what we are looking for for this um and we'll we'll explain that in more detail we have mentioned it before but it does mean that um you um you'll be very wise to choose uh mm. what you're going to send your uh script to yeah. so ideally we want sitcoms uh returning stories uh re- ret- episodes that that can stand alone we'll we'll Go into that in a little detail in a minute, but that's principally a comedy drama has a big uh, narrative arc. There's a story running through it. Um, the Wrong Mans is a very good example of a comedy drama um, that was mm. very, very story heavy. Um, Dairy Girls is an example of a show that 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 has a story in the background, but it's principally
0: about a yeah. family. So. Yeah. Um, Friday that's... Night Dinner is a, is a sitcom, mm. uh, you know, and yes. th- there are lots of shows like that. So we're looking for situation comedies um, because Hattrick would like a situation comedy. Uh, the, our, our competition is, conjunc- is in conjunction with, with Hattrick. So, um, so that's what we're really after. And just to specify a bit more, we're after uh, sort of family friendly uh yeah. sitcom so it doesn't have to be about a family or suitable only for families but it must be the sort of thing that you could either watch uh with your kids or your parents or your you know so it's got a mainstream family sensibility yeah. as opposed to an outre strange uh, uh other alienating you know <laughs> artistic uh you know there are loads of things you can do with sitcom that are all great and interesting uh, but we're looking for stuff that's more in the more in the family space, more in the mainstream space, whether that's ghosts uh, or you know that kind of BBC One pre- uh, show, or you know. But there, it's a pretty, it's still pretty broad because don't forget, lots of shows that started on BBC Three and BBC Two ended up on BBC One and became firmly mainstream shows. So you know, it's it's still a fairly broad category, but there there are just sort of themes and kind of attitudes and tones that are fairly you know uh fairly obvious about what we're not looking for so that that's our particular competition what we're looking for the deadline is uh early january for when that window closes yeah um and i think overall we're thinking that if if this if there's, if it's right for us it's probably not right for the bbc writers room but if it feels like a comedy drama send it to them and don't send it to us is that yeah. that's fair that that all uh, that
1: that that makes sense. Yes, that's mm. very clear. Uh, the deadline is the uh, Wednesday, the fifth of January, um, which I think is also very similar, very close yeah. to the deadline for the comedy drama. Coincidentally, and what's the prize? Uh, well, the prize is. Um, that um uh, it's a, a thousand pounds is, uh, mm. which is which is which is first prize which is fantastic but uh more to the point also um for at least the winner and probably some others as well there will be you know your scripts will be seen uh sh- that the shortlist will be seen by the the hat trick um script comedy team uh and they're a very you know they're they're are i i've had quite a lot of dealings with them now in the last um, few weeks. They're uh, they're a a great bunch and they're very committed to... to the, this uh competition and the kind of thing that they're, they're looking for they really you know they are very keen to get new writers um and you know you get a chance to work with them which, which will be uh, fantastic really yeah. um and, and and hopefully you know more things will come as well uh just just as much from the process of of writing this um and i think what you've just been saying there does lead in uh very nicely to a a zoom uh, meeting as uh, james mentioned that i i um attended yesterday, it was run by broadcast uh, magazine, and they had uh, interview, they had three of the uh, main comedy commissioners uh, in the UK. Uh, they had everyone, pretty much everyone except the BBC, but they had uh, Fiona McDermott from uh, Channel 4, um, Sarah Asante from UK TV, who actually spent quite a lot of time working with um, Shane Allen at the BBC and was was. uh Partly responsible for getting things like the um, the Carolina Hearn and Felix Sexton and, and Goldman Simpson Bursaries running, um, and then Alex Moody uh, at Sky. Um, so I think we'll start first of all by talking about um, the the general areas that we're thinking of, and the, and then the kind of the headline news from that is um, that they are all pretty much looking for the kind of scripts that uh hattrick are also looking for uh which obviously makes sense hattrick obviously know what commissioners are looking for um but by and large um the words the the, the word uh narrative the words narrative arc did not really feature uh, in this uh, conversation the main things that each of them said that they were looking for Fiona McDermott uh was was talking about uh sitcoms uh instant relatable original characters high gag rate um they all have this phrase about shows that reflects the uk back at themselves when i think about my favorite um sitcoms from the the 70s you know sort of dad's army those kind of shows and you know you think about the kind of shows like uh, Frasier and friends these, these are shows that that that, that on top of being very very funny do happen to actually reflect the the, the society without you know kind of ramming it down your throat really i think which is which is uh uh, i i think is a sense of what i get from them them all uh what what they're saying about that and um there was not a huge amount of talk about um the 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 sort of the age of the audience than they did all say that they are looking for exactly what you just mentioned earlier there james the kind of uh shows that can be uh watched i think that we 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 had the, the phrase what was the phrase co-watching or something that we had yeah. um someone someone one of them said uh multi-generational telly that's yeah. it, Sarah, Asante, uh, Which is that's a good you know, way of putting it yeah yeah so um they, they talked about all lots of things that that um, are very sort of close to our hearts, which we know often are kind of um, kind kind words that don't always uh, turn into actions. For instance, uh, we're not interested in overnight audience figures. I mean, we do look at them and social media, but we want we want shows to uh, you know have time to bed in. We know that comedy doesn't bed in straight away. Uh, you know, they show, shows need time, etc. So all those kind of things um that's business that, as usual that is yeah yeah I mean they did uh, uh, a couple of things that were quite interesting about it were I mean the fact that it was some um, three women was 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 quite interesting um there was um you know James you and I we, we've been to um countless of these uh kind of uh commissioners saying what they want and there's there's kind of sometimes a little bit of a sort of macho one of the guys kind of aspect to it sometimes you know uh and it it was sort of quite interesting these three women who are all basically being very supportive to each other and uh you know kind of uh, there was a sort of supportive atmosphere there which is you know it doesn't mean a huge amount we still know that it's incredibly hard to get stuff made and that you know the commissioners themselves are often just working on their own personal hunches and that the, the, there is all that stuff but there is a kind of sense as well that they they do get that you know comedy a is very very hard to get right and b uh, it, that they are all very very desperate to find new voices uh, i.e you so um I should talk a little bit about that was one of the f- the first questions was, you know, what is your commitment to uh, finding new writers? Um, and uh, some, uh, you know, they, they all had sort of very interesting stuff to say. They did, of course, also, oh, yes, we're always looking for new writers. Uh, and they always say that. And they did differentiate as well, which was quite good between writer performers and writers. Um, Channel Four have a very clear, specific uh, delineation there. They've got their blaps, and the the, the, the blaps are very much kind of writer-performer uh, led. But that does mean that they are aware that they are looking for uh, written shows from the writers. You know, and uh, you know, Derry Girls, Friday Night Dinners, their last, their last two sitcoms are kind of. Uh, You know channel fours um that they 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 do they do put trust in writers they're not just obsessed with writer performers so that was sort of quite good news from channel four um so um um, uh, again all the things that we want to see in our competition uh you know like a, a gang show uh um broad you know broadness is fundamental. That was another phrase I got. Uh, But you need specific authorship. Um, And uh, they said also, we do want shows that have young people in them, by which they don't mean necessarily that they just want shows with uh, young adolescents. Although, you know, with Channel 4, there is always a little bit of that kind of uh, sort of titillation element that they do try and sort of spread across the channel I think sometimes um but I think they you know they want they're saying you know where are the writers who can write from uh, you know can, can present the perspective of uh, 16 to 24 year olds but um you know they are they're not saying we just want those characters they are talking about family in the broadest sense which was a phrase that Hattrick said to me at the first meeting, you know, we don't just mean the family, Uh, you know, we mean like the workplace or whatever.
0: In a way, just to dig into the word family, we've mentioned it a bit on the last episode where we talked about situations. I mean, families are, I mean, there is the understanding obviously of the nuclear family, uh, mum, dad, kids, that's all fine. Um, And that's still a very popular uh, model uh, out there. Um, But uh, in the sitcom context, Family is also a a group of people who are codependent, trapped together. um, And there is a mixture of love, respect, loathing, resentment, um, frustration, rage, pain. In a way, the love that they have for each other is the thing that makes the pain so painful. Um, So in in a workplace sitcom, uh, you've got um, uh, you've got that. Element uh, to it, you, they've, they've got to be committed to a common goal or something. I think the Office would be a much harder sell now, not least because you know the Office worked and was very good. The American version, I believe, was quite quite different tonally in that in that sense. But it feels like there's a desire to create communities of hope and optimism, and whether that's a traditional family, it probably isn't actually, or whether it's a a mixed reflecting uh, life today. Uh, even though, as I say, you know, families themselves are still very popular. It just feels that within the sitcom genre, the standard nuclear family has been done, you know, by my family and by 2.4 children. And, um, you know, even Terry and June, even though I don't think they they had kids uh, in Terry and June. I've just seen um, on, on your notes there, Dave, uh, Sky, audience sitcoms, <laughs> they all say, never say never. I, this was me. I managed to sneak the
1: question in uh, yeah. while they were all sort of talking away, and I said, "What, what, what are your views on audience sitcom?" And you know, they they did all kind of <laughs> look at their shoes. I was genuinely expecting them to say, "Sorry, no, it's just too uh, they're just too expensive to make or whatever." And actually, you know, they were they were all positive about it. Whilst obviously, you know, they're, they're not. I think that in their hearts, they are not looking for it. And I think, sadly, in terms of this particular, our competition, uh, you know, Trick have, have said we're not looking specifically for, for audience sitcom shows. But I, I do think if you have that sort of ability, if you think you can write that kind of show, you know, it's not, you're not going to be, um, you know, there, there aren't going to be a lot of you. We know yeah. that. And we've always known that. I mean, one of the reasons audience sitcoms fell out of uh, favour was that, you know, like, say, 10, 15 years ago, I remember Lucy Lumsden when she was in charge of BBC saying, you know, I, get, I read 250 scripts a year uh, and maybe uh, 25 of them are audience shows. Mm. Um, and so it was kind of, well, this is what people are writing. And that, mm. that, that was her kind of attitude to it. If you're not writing them,
0: we can't make them. Who killed studio sitcoms? We did. The writers yeah. did, because they didn't write them. Yeah. Uh, I think I think there's an element in that. It's a chicken and egg
1: thing, isn't it? I mean, part yeah. of the reason was that, that, that you know, the audience, the non-audience shows became such a kind of staple, really. Yeah.
0: And the people with a proven track record in that, like the Simon Nyes of this world, um, they went off to write the Durrells and, yeah. you know, and the Larkins and... You know, Richard Curtis makes makes movies and yeah. saving the world. Um, yeah, here so, you go. So,
1: you can either write an audience sitcom and sit with your heart in your mouth for, for four hours in yeah. the evening while you watch an audience and yeah. you know kind of work out what's going to happen, or here's four times as much money uh, to yeah. write something that doesn't need to have a a, a big laugh joke
0: every 20 seconds yeah. um you know based on an existing literary property that has already been like you know <laughs> the, the the durrells was my family and other animals it was you know the gerald durrell stuff wasn't it so the yeah, a yeah. way it's a, it's, a, it's adaptation work and what's not to like i mean in a way i'm one to talk i've just written an episode of shakespeare and hathaway which is a genre mm. murder mystery thing but i would love to write a studio sitcom but yeah. I, the the onus is on me to come up with the kind of studio sitcom that they actually want to commission. And that might depend as much on the talent on the screen as anything else. So it may be that you've got a idea for a show. I've got, I'm brewing one at the moment and I'm just thinking, I know who could play this lead role. And actually they've got fairly good live stand up following. And I could see them going, this is a studio show. Uh, so let, let's push it in that yeah. direction. So it's as much going to be based around that as, no, 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 this has to be a studio show. But mm-hmm. the in a way, the idea and your passion needs to come first. And I think just to kind of wrap up this section, and I'll, I'll come back to you, Dave, in, in a second for some final thoughts on it, is uh, the, the only thing that's going to get your script, your idea, you know, onto the screen is your desire to write it and you know why this why now why you which is what we keep saying on this podcast so there's one sense in which the one thing they can't say that they want which is the only thing that they want is funny shows that and they may end up commissioning something that is completely in the face of what they've just said and that's just the way it is because they they just they they don't know what they want because if they did they would specifically ask for specific people to deliver that specific thing but that's just not the way it works but overall I think this is an encouraging picture isn't it Dave it is yeah and I think I'd just like to
1: come to uh, one little area that. Um I, th- I think is worth mentioning, um, you know, and that, that you can often get sort of contradictory thoughts and ideas, you know, on the one hand, you're writing from your from yourself, from within, and, you know, on, on the other hand, you've got a, a, a famous person in mind, and, you know, that commissioners are always kind of having to deal with those contradictions at their level, but let's go back to just what james saying there to back to you and your idea and i i I think um it's worth talking a little bit about diversity and inclusivity here now which is which is one of those kind of areas that, that you know, it's always, um, it, it's always being discussed. We want more of these voices and whatever. But it, they kind of, I thought they sort of uh, pinpointed it quite well for the first time. You know, I've always heard, you always hear the sort of warm words of, oh, yeah, we need more diversity. But I thought what Fiona McDermott said Channel 4, she says, you know, when the right person is saying the right thing, you can take it places. And I think that's a really nice way of saying, you know, we're not, we're not just looking for the sake of it for you know somebody to represent this particular community because we're 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 ticking a box we we're we're interested in someone from that community who can through that deliver the sort of universal truths and 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 coming back to that thing they said at the start of that reflecting reflecting Britain back on itself, so that that I thought that was quite a, a, a good way of talking about diversity and inclusivity without kind of having to get into all the, the political arguments about culture wars and you know ticking boxes and political correctness and all that stuff. And as Sarah Asante uh, said, you know it's not about reinventing the wheel; um, it's just about the, the, the truth from your world. Um, and, and, and again, as Alex Moody said from Sky, she said, you know, comedy is, is part of that and that, and, and so that's, I think that don't, don't be afraid to, you know, reflect coming from wherever you come from is unique to you. Uh, and I, and I think that's, that's, that's kind of the, probably the most important thing to take away in terms of, uh, the competition and, and the things that we want to read.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. Um, so lots of reasons to be cheerful there. I mean, the other thing is people like watching TV and they like laughing. Uh, so there is, and you know, and, and a sitcom when you get it right is an absolute juggernaut and every channel wants one. So in a way we're not wasting our time here. It's just a question of what does, what does sort of half hour comedy look like now in a world of streaming, greater diversity, uh, within the UK, at least, um, and you know just things are different from how they were 20 years ago how do we how do we take where we are now uh, forward so it feels like that was a really helpful uh, discussion so uh thanks for that Dave um let me just commend something that I've done and then we'll get on to something that Dave's been doing which will help with that so um in terms of getting your voice right your pilot right uh I was recently doing some webinars and I've now turned that onto a sort of an on-demand course called Sitcom Supercharged. Uh, So you can get hold of that um, uh, for a few quid uh, uh, via, uh, I'll put a link in the notes, but if you go follow me on Twitter at sitcomgeek, or go to my blog, uh, sitcomgeek.blogspot.com, then you'll find details of that. And I go through, you know, your voice, uh, your situation, your characters, your... um, Your pilot, which is in particular how to sell your idea, as it were, and your writing and your voice in that one episode and making sure that you're you're setting your your sitcom up uh, in the right way and then making a plan as to how to actually get the script written. Uh, So that's called Sitcom Supercharged. Uh, There'll be a link uh, in the show notes. But we're going to talk about a stage of that process now via a thing that Dave does. He has various email lists and we're going to talk about taking your your planned sitcom, your outline to the actual script stage. Um, and you've been writing about this to your email list. Do you want to just say a little bit about that? And then we'll dig into the practicalities.
1: Yeah. And um, it's something that, you know, that over the year and a half or so that I've been doing this uh, course, I've become a, uh, I become aware of new things uh, each time. Um, and um, one thing that i become aware of with this particular group that I'm working with uh is that they are more they are less experienced uh, group than I've had uh before but um the, and I hadn't really thought about it and it, but it's just you know you go from kind of what's your idea what are your characters what's your stories let's develop a story let's write an outline for the story make it 2000 words. Okay. Now we're ready to go and, uh, write the script. Now uh, if you've never, if you've never written a script before, you, you've, you, 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 it's great. You've got that far, but actually it's then a bit of a kind of, uh, it's, it, it's, it's not a huge leap in terms of writing. And once you've done it once you, you understand it. But I think when the first time you do it, it's like, oh, oh my God, you know, what, what the, how the hell do I do that? Um, so the, the the first thing to do the first thing that i recommend for you to do is to go to um, the bbc writers room uh format uh page and there you will find um that, that they're a little bit out of date in terms of how they're uh, how they're titled but you will find their uh how to how to set up how to write uh uh, like uh how to format a radio sitcom um and then there's one that says how to format a tv uh tv drama and how to format a, a, a tv sitcom the tv sitcom one is audience sitcom so that's probably likely to not be relevant to you but the um the the drama one is how you is the same for comedy uh so it's 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 and if you look at these kind of formatting pages they're very useful they show you what a a script looks like but they also say this is where the they have like a block of character dialogue and say you know this is where the character speaks you know make sure you don't have very long, too long things or whatever, and then here is a stage direction. So they're all very; those kind of things are are very useful. I think that's so. That's the first uh, point. Have you got anything? Yeah, people you, get hung up on that, what
0: James? what should I use? What you know, people do worry about format of scripts quite a lot. And in a way, just make just download some scripts that you know of TV shows uh, from the BBC Writers Room, and just sort of make it look like that. You know, it's not it's not rocket science. You don't need final draft to do that. Um, I mean, it's it's hundred quid, hundred and fifty quid. You probably don't need to spend, um, and it it is only it's it's industry dominant, but it's not actually a particularly good piece of software. Um, so you could probably use Word or something similar, uh, Scrivener, I think, or something, and Celt X and Fade In, and all these other ones spit out a script that looks pretty much uh, what you want it to look like. Just needs to be clear. Uh, yeah. And clear and consistent, um, and just kind of look professional. Um, so, it, so there's there's nothing too much to worry about that F- for us for our point of view and for the for the, for the reality of most um, producers and readers reading scripts um, is that it just needs to be easy to read. So, if you're making it difficult to read, then you're shooting yourself in the foot. So, don't do that. Um, so, make it make it clear and easy to read. But there are some obvious conventions. Read a few samples of scripts that have been, you know, uh, that have been produced, um, yeah. and 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 you're good. Yeah, there's lots of scripts at the
1: BBC Riser's Room. You know, actual comedy scripts that you can look at. Um, there are some Bluestone scripts on there. Yes, I mm. noticed. Um, and um, there are also, I mean, you you know, you don't really. Uh, I'm not looking here to, to to plug uh websites that are just kind of showing any old old stuff here but you don't have to look very far even if you want to find a script from your favorite episode of your favorite show um the chances are you will find them if you if you kind of delve deep enough um and i think i think scriptorama which is an american site which i think is a legitimate uh, site in terms of the, the, the scripts they have. And they have, you know, I just sort of randomly uh, went to like the letter F and they had Friends, Frazier and Forty Towers. And then I went to S and they had, you know, Seinfeld, Simpsons, South Park. So, I mean, you know, there's kind of, there's there's pretty much something for everybody really on, on, on uh, Scriptorama. Um, but the next thing I think is that when you are looking at a script, um, I think it's very useful... To um, you know, actually, really look at the look look at physically at the page, and what you will see, uh, and this is something that we've talked about a lot, James. Is uh, you know where the, your favourite scripts and good scripts, you'll see lots and lots of white space on on the paper, and the reason for that is because uh, the, most sitcoms are not monologues; they're dialogue, so people talk. And, uh, you know, maybe someone says two sentences, and then it's time for someone else to say something, or it's time for something to happen. And similarly, I mean, in some cases with comedy, and certainly in silent comedy, you know, the, when action happens, there's a lot of things that happen. But but for each thing, that, the physical thing that happens, that's like one paragraph. So, you know, he gets up, goes uh, from the table, uh, does the does a sort of moon ja- Michael Jackson moonwalk dance to go to the telly, turns the telly off, uh, goes and cleans the window and falls off the ladder. But, uh, that's that's already, that's like three or four paragraphs. That's not like one chunk. Yeah, start so, a new
0: line for each new yeah. thought
1: or action, yeah. Yeah, so those um, are the kind of uh, things to be looking for. And But the other thing as well, and again, we do see this a lot in scripts, your scenes are invariably too long. <laughs> uh you know, they, there's a lot of, you've got a lot of conversation and, uh, you know, sometimes the conversation goes off at a tangent and there's some nice funny jokes there. But, you know, stick to the action, stick to the story and make each line either funny or the setup to something
0: funny. Yeah. I think, in a way, give yourself some slack at the start. When you're trying to cover the blank pages, you may end up writing... I mean, the opening scene in particular may end up being eight pages long and that's fine because to prime the pump and to get them talking, you do sort of need to um, just sort of type until you can hear them talking. But, you know, make sure you then start deleting stuff that they really don't need to say. So quite often in the writing of it, you you will write five pages for your, you know, for this scene and then uh, it probably should be three pages. Um, so it may be worth if you but if you've got a good outline. If you've got a good what, what I call, what is called a scene by scene um, where in each each scene, you've got a clear plan of what happens in the episode. Uh, yeah, Gerald comes in, catches uh, uh, Janine uh, hiding under the table and asks her why she's blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, Janine tells Gerald uh, about uh, the, the, rat, the rat in the bread bin. Uh, he opens the bread bin and the rat flies out and he runs out after it and and, you know so that that's kind of like that's your scene by scene you've already planned ahead of time that that's what that scene's going to do now you need to execute that scene so the thing I always say you know talk about on sitcom supercharged as well is writing writing a script is really hard so cheat Um, you know as writing a scene is hard, so decide ahead of time what the scene's actually going to contain. And then by the time you're actually writing it, you've sort of taken away most of the imponderables. You've already got a funny scene. You've just got to turn it into a script. So I think all of this planning stuff is 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 important. But then when you then turn that into a script, things can grow, and that's good. You think of new jokes, and that's brilliant. Uh, but you, you in a way, you, you will sort of need to prune. And so I think there are kind of two schools of thought in that some people just will write a 60-page script um, just to get it out of their system. Um, and, you know, our, our friend Mark Evans does that. We, a long time ago, we spoke to him. He wrote Bleak Expectations uh, for Radio 4. And he's got a new series on um, Audible, guy called Raj, I think, which um, uh, is set in, set in the Raj. Um but he, he writes and writes and writes and writes and then he sort of cuts and cuts and cuts and cuts. Yeah, not going out, was uh,
1: we always got yeah. scripts that would have run for 45 minutes.
0: Yeah, same with Miranda, we, same experience on that. Whereas on Bluestone, we tended to write sort of 35, 38, maybe 40 pages and then squeezed it down to about 32. Um, and but, but, you know, I tend to go a bit long and then, and then stop. My writing partner, Richard, he tends to be about the right length and he tends to not... Move on from a scene until he's much happier with it. So th- there's no right or wrong answer. It's just by the time you actually submit a script to our competition, for example, um, it should be about 30 pages. Uh, it shouldn't be 45 just because you were still trying to find the voices and all that kind of stuff. Find the voices and then, you know, do not show your working. We do not want to see your working. Please give us the answer, uh, the answer only, uh, please.
1: And uh, just one other thing, I'd say when reading scripts and do read scripts, especially of, of shows that you you know and love, uh, is just when uh, you look at uh, the, the the last few pages. There is going to be a point somewhere in one of those scripts, about four or five or six pages from the end, where everything is lost for the main character, or everything is won. It's a it's a it's a clear crisis point and it's not just oh something's gone a little bit wrong and you know in the ideal world in your perfect script it is the culmination of a an escalation of several things that have happened since uh page one and um and it is the point where you think okay that's it you know i am i am going to get sacked from my job uh you know or i i've just won a million pounds on the pools you know it's a and, and again your, fa- your famous uh, clear toss, yeah. uh, clear terms of success or terms of failure, clear toff, mm. uh, the one that I've kind of added to that. Yeah. Um, so there, there is a point and it's such a clear point in the script. And you go, ah, right. And the audience watching it is going, my God, they are, that. that's it. How the hell are they going to get out of this place? Uh, and again, I mentioned Modern Family a lot, but it's, you know, there is, uh, for for Three quarters of every episode of, of Modern Family, Phil Dunphy is happy and cheery and nice, and then there's this point where yeah. he is mean and horrible and nasty, and it's like what? You yeah, know? and you know we know we all know people like that. We go, oh right, oh yeah, Dave, how oh, is if He's fine. Oh look, he's just lost his temper. Oh mm. God, you know. um and they managed, I don't know how they did it, but they you know, managed 100 plus, 200 plus. They're still
0: doing it. I mean, times. I've been watching yeah. season nine, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's It's interesting how often Phil Dunphy is the main character, actually. Yeah. Um, it's He's setting out to do the right thing. I just watched the episode he did with Chris Martin, okay. uh, where Chris Martin's buying a house um, and he's sort of showing him round. Chris Martin was really funny in it. Actually, it was great. He was really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you seen that one?
1: Yeah, I've seen the whole. The whole okay, yeah, yeah. Seasons, no, I've only really yeah. just
0: sort of come. I, I watched up to yeah. series eight, and then we didn't have Sky for a bit, so I then kind of forgot hmm. about it. I've sort of come back to it. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah. So that that's kind of the classic sitcom stuff that we're in particular looking for, which is I think what the channels are looking for as well. They're looking for those regular stories. Where your heroes and characters are absolutely, you know, lost uh, towards the end, and then that one thing, that one epiphany, and I think we'll ne- in the next episode we will talk about endings because I think endings are that th- they're both. I often say they're they're both the hardest and the easiest thing. You can overthink them, but in a way, it's a question of working out. It's the characters will give you the solution. But well, we've already said too much, Dave. In fact, we should probably uh wrap this uh, episode up but let's just think are there any other kind of clear headlines on you know writing that actual script for me from a practical point of view it's you know those are still some hard yards even if you've got a really good outline and i would sort of rather than chip away at it over the course of 2 weeks i would sort of tend to go right I'm gonna get up early I'm gonna get a scene done before breakfast. I'm gonna get two more scenes done before lunch. I'll have a break, go for a walk. I'll get another scene done before I stop work for the day and if you do that for sort of three four five days in a row, you've basically finished and then you've got the you take the weekend off, come back to it uh and you know have another look and chip away uh but I tend to think that you want to try and keep moving and the the one other bit of advice um is occasionally. A scene which made total sense that you were excited about maybe even just seemed a bit of a formality oh well there's obviously the scene where Gerald comes in and uh, Janine's under the table and there's a rat in the uh, bread bin uh, there's a bit where it's just like this isn't working why is this not working oh I don't know why this isn't working see what happens if you don't write the scene so just cut it you know start the next scene with him running around in the garden chasing the, the, the rat, which has escaped uh, having been in the bread bin or, or not. It may be. Sometimes it just turns out that you didn't need the scene at all. It wasn't that funny anyway. Uh, the original reason for that scene actually disappeared two drafts ago in your previous outlines. Uh, so I think there is a case for just try to keep moving. If a scene's really giving you trouble, you know, write the bits you can write and then come back to it. And then actually, you may get to the end and discover you didn't need the scene at all. In which case, mm. cut it. Uh,
1: yeah. That
0: would be my hot hot tip hack.
1: I am yeah, literally at this moment. Uh, it is November the eighteenth. I am eighteen days into uh, a, a writing spurt on my second novel, <laughs> and uh, that everything you just said there was like I've, I've been I've been doing I'm doing that, and I've been kind of uh, the, the judgmental Dave who often turns up uh in my office um when i least want him to has been, at him. has been banished and i've just been writing and i just you know and i get up the next morning and read the 2000 words that i wrote the day before and go yeah okay mm, that, that's too long i'll fix that when i go do the second draft but i'm i'm through i am got to get to the end yeah you know and um that you you need that 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 is the kind of get get yourself to the end of the script and then you can uh, work on it. At, get that,
0: yeah. to the end. I think is probably the rather obvious, but no, but but you know the main thing, the obvious thing is often the thing to keep the main thing and the obvious thing. Yeah. Um, so um, so cool. Just to remind us about those about those that your email list, Dave, and and what what how people can sign up for it.
1: Yeah, um, I'm running a thing actually, um, just before, uh, at the end of the year, I'm going to be running a series of uh, free emails um, about 2022 and how best to plan your 2022. And this is regardless of whether you, uh, what what, what you're, you know, if you want to be writing sitcoms uh, or you want to do topical, uh, but also just how you become a better writer uh, in the next year and how you get better at selling yourself as a comedy writer so it's you know a lot of kind of general advice as well so if you uh go to um funny up o2 that's funny up o2 at gmail.com uh send me an email and i'll put you on my uh mailing list for that uh and that's Do you mean gonna funny be funny zero, zero two
0: yeah, zero two yeah funny up 02 at gmail.com that's right And yes. you will be added Thanks. to the list yeah um, and that's
1: gonna run from uh, sometime in December for a, a couple of weeks or so Yeah, and you get all sorts of other things when you join my mailing list um, free free books and and the like um so yeah that, that that's the,
0: my main thing I wanted to uh, mention today. Cool. And if you follow me on Twitter at sitcomgeek or go to sitcomgeek.blogspot.com, you can find uh, sitcom supercharged, uh, which is five uh, no nonsense half hour. Uh, kind of uh, talks uh, from a webinar plus uh, access to a bunch of bonus videos as well which go, go into plotting and uh, what is a comedy drama and um, and characters plus audio versions of, of four of those as well so there's a ton of bonus stuff in there and notes and, and that kind of stuff so uh, people have found that quite helpful so, so do look in on that. Cool I think we're done Dave. We're done. I think. We're done. Thanks very much for listening, everyone, and we'll speak to you next time. Thanks a lot.